America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Our producer today is Mr. Sean Floyd. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. Joining me in studio today, I am very fortunate, Dr. Sarah Boyd is back. Welcome back, doctor. Thank and you. Dr. Tracy Stevens, both from St. Luke's Health System. We're going to have a very interesting show today. You're going to listen to all of this. We're going to be talking about a number of topics. The three that are the most important that we're going to talk about today are basically the vaccines. We're going to talk about the RSV vaccine, which is brand new this year. We're going to talk about the COVID booster. You've heard pros and cons. And we're also going to talk about the flu shots. Why are these important to get? Should you be getting them? Should you get them for your children? All of that information, these doctors have taken time out of their very busy schedule to be here, and we are very happy to have them. If you want to follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, or on Instagram, you can do that at America's Healthcare Advocate. That is it. America's Healthcare Advocate on all of those platforms. Also, all these shows are posted on 14 podcast platforms, Amazon, Odyssey, Overcast, Pandora, RSS Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Pocket Podcasts, Rumble, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. We're also on YouTube. We've got 62,000 of you that have downloaded this podcast in the last seven months and about 257,000 of you have followed us on YouTube. So um, this show is one, you know, if you hear this, and maybe your husband, maybe a neighbor, maybe someone else in your family needs to listen to this, especially if you've got seasoned citizens in your family, you know, those of us that are chronologically challenged like me, um, these vaccines are very important. You're gonna understand why as we continue with this show today. Also, if you are looking for Medicare or you're looking for individual health insurance, you want to get a hold of the good folks over at RPS Benefits by Design, 877-385-2224, 877-385-2224. Carol Lee Steele, happy to help you. She is a certified expert in Medicare and Obamacare ACA, so give her a call anywhere in the country. They're happy to help you. And if you're looking for employer-sponsored health care, Maria Allers at the same phone number, 877-385-2224. Um, is happy to help you as well. We had a couple of people from Texas call last week that needed some help, and uh, Carol Lee was able to spend some time with them and get them straightened out. So we're happy to do that. All right, so a little bit about my guests. Dr. Sarah Boyd is an MD. She is the Medical System Director for Antimicrobial Stewardship in St. Luke's Healthcare System. She is an infectious disease physician by training with a special interest in antimicrobial stewardship and hospital epidemiology. She serves as system lead for infectious disease disease physicians for COVID-19 and infection disease response for St. Luke's Health System here in Kansas City since 2020. She also serves as a panelist on the Missouri Telehealth Statewide COVID-19 ECHO Task Force and a former president of the Kansas City Infectious Disease Society. Dr. Tracy Stevens is a board-certified cardiologist at St. Luke's Healthcare System. She is the Julie Irene Kaufman Endowed Chair for Women's Cardiovascular Health. She is the Ben McAllister Community Ambassador and a, a professor of medicine at the University of Kansas City. Her degree is from the University of Kansas City School of Medicine, a bachelor's degree in physical therapy. She completed her cardi cardiology fellow at Mayo Clinic and the National Institute of Cardio Cardiovascular Research Mayo Clinic Outstanding Achievement Award in Cardiovascular Health. Dr. Stevens is a medical director of St. Luke's Muriel Kaufman Women's Heart Health Center. Welcome both. 
guys are extremely busy. Unfortunately, in today's society, you know, the way people determine a lot of things is they go up on Facebook. <laughs> or or I was talking to a lady that had a significant liver issue the other day. And she said, well, I went up on, on the website and here's what it said. I said, you know, you really need to not pay a lot of attention to that, and you really need to get in to see your doctor and get some serious testing done and not try to cure this on a website. And I don't know what it is, Dr. Boyd, why people, you know, find, just think that's where I'm going to get my information. Or I saw on Facebook, you know, that kind of thing. And it, it's just not reality. So let's talk about this season. I mean, I think people are kind of at ease. It's been a nice summer. Uh, you know, we had great weather, mostly around the country. Everybody's kind of dropped their guard. You're not hearing much about COVID. You're not hearing much about any of this stuff. What What are you starting to see now as the weather's getting colder? We're rolling into, you know, we're in fall and we're going to roll into the winter months here. What are you starting to see in the hospitals now? So, you know, traditionally we kind of had this respiratory season that would start, you know, in the fall and then sort of go until early spring. And then we did have this sort of break. And then when COVID came, um, you know, that sort of upended everything. We had big surges of COVID in the summers and, you know, we didn't see influenza for quite a while. Um, interestingly, one of the influenza B strains that was circulating regularly before COVID, they haven't found it anymore. It's now extinct from some of the COVID um, interventions. And so I think we're all trying to kind of figure out what is that that new respiratory season going to look like. We certainly still see COVID-19 illness. Um, we had sort of upticks on across the country, kind of late summer and, uh, you know, September, now that time. you're starting to see that. Yep. And, you know, I think we're going to see steady amounts of, of COVID-19. I think what comes next is trying to figure out when influenza starts to kick up. And luckily, we haven't seen a lot of that yet, um, at least here in, in the in the Midwest. Um, and then RSV, which is traditionally has sort of surges um, in the that that traditional respiratory season, um, how that layers in, especially now that some of the mitigations we were taking for COVID, like you said, people are kind of back to uh, living normally, not thinking about it as much. You know, a lot of the masking and other things that we had before are, are you know, not standard now. Yeah, I'm hearing from people around the country. I get people that call me all the time. Oh, so-and-so just got COVID. Oh, he's down with COVID. Oh, she's been down. And it, yeah, I can see anecdotally already an uptick in this stuff, that it's already starting to happen out there. And I think because people are not paying as much attention to it. I told you off air before we started, I just put the sanitizers back in my car this morning because I knew I was coming here to do the show. And it made me think, you know what, you better start paying attention to this again. I think people have let their guard down. I, I do think there's some of that. You know, we, we always knew when kind of high times of travel, certainly, you know, gathering indoors, large groups, which traditionally happen around, you know, the fall, winter, things kind of move in. You move from hanging out at the barbecue outside to now you're indoors for concerts, for school activities, all those type of things. And so I definitely think we've been seeing it all along. And, you know, I think we'll continue to have to have kind of peaks and valleys um, through the through the year. So, Dr. Stevens, how do you see? You know, you're a cardiologist. You you you, know, you you. How are you seeing this interplay with people that have heart disease, heart disease issues? Are you starting to see those an uptick in people that have it, and then how is it affecting them if they have comorbidity issues in terms of it being more significant, and more difficult to deal with, Doctor? 
I think in those who we know have pre-existing cardiovascular conditions, that they are presenting with what, like Sarah's saying, we're starting to see maybe an uptick in the presence of these infections, that uh, it can be where they come in with a heart attack, and then we realize they also have COVID, or they come in with COVID symptoms and also heart attack. So sometimes it's not as obvious that first presentation that looks like their cardiac condition has raised its head again, or a new cardiac condition, and then we realize it was or there's also a pre-existing, uh, or not pre-existing, but an existing infection as well. So they are obviously more at risk, right? Yes. In those who've had a history of heart attack, it can uh, infection can make plaque rupture, create a heart attack. A common thing is trigger atrial fibrillation, one of the most common causes of stroke in our country, and uh, raise blood pressure, um, raise their blood sugars. Certainly, if they have lung conditions, COPD, emphysema, that can make that certainly a lot worse as well. So those are all comorbidity issues that people need to pay attention to. This is why we are doing this show, because we are here to educate and inform. And that's why we're very fortunate to have both doctors in studio with us today, taking time out of their schedules to be here and talk to you about what you should be doing. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here coast to coast across the USA. The doctors are in the house. Don't go anywhere. The golden rule, treat others as you want to be treated. I'm Steve Keeker, and this is one of the founding principles of my firm, Senior Care Consulting. Since 2002, our value statement has included, honor our mother and father, respect our elders, care for those in need, and treat your family as our own. We've been honored to help hundreds of families make one of the most difficult decisions they could ever make, serving them in their greatest time of need. If you're looking for someone who can provide you experienced and objective guidance when searching for a senior care community, reach out today and discover the services of Senior Care Consulting at 913-945-2800, 913-945-2800. Know your options and choose with care at SeniorCareConsulting.com. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIA Radio Network. If you need help, you can go to the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. I am happy to help you. As I mentioned, we had some folks from Texas reach out to us a couple of weeks ago. Might have been last week. Very confused about Medicare, didn't know what to do, um, and we were very happy to help them. So if it's just you want to talk to somebody to understand what your options are on the Medicare side or if you've got another problem, we had a young couple who um, – were, didn't have any insurance and were seriously trying to get pregnant. And they didn't know that they couldn't get insurance after they got pregnant. They were going to have a problem. So especially outside of open enrollment. So we had a chat with him as well. So those kinds of things are out there. If you have questions, the website is americashealthcareadvocate.com. I get a lot of emails. I'm happy to answer them. I answer each and every one. Um, I'll also be happy to call you if you include a phone number. So go to the website. Shows are also posted on all the podcast platforms we mentioned, as well as YouTube. Once again, in the studio with me, Dr. Tracy Stevens and Dr. Sarah Boyd from St. Luke's Healthcare System. We are very fortunate to have them here today. And our topic is all of the things coming at us in this flu, 
COVID and RSV season. Uh, they're both here to talk to us about, you know, what the risks are, what should we be doing? Um, and the fact that, like I said in the beginning segment, you know, a lot of people have just kind of put this out of their head. They're not thinking about it anymore. Well, now's the time to start thinking about it because it's going to start cropping up. And Dr. Boyd already talked about it. They're already starting to see it happen. In fact, Dr. Stevens, you just told a story off air that some of your doctors are starting to wear masks again in the hospitals? Yes, and so it's a common practice now. They'll keep their their mask on hand, so when each time they go into a patient's room, they'll put them, their mask on. Knowing back during the, the thick of COVID, the, a very convincing scenario that masks do prevent disease transmission. And so with that and them caring for a number of patients who are at risk or who have active infection, or maybe we don't know that yet, I mean, just being very cautious with wearing a mask, uh, even in the office, in the clinic where, you know, patients are coming in ill and they may or may not have their mask on. And so we, we want to be protected so that we can continue to show up every day and not be a risk to our colleagues and other patients. You know, I think if that doesn't speak volumes, I don't know what does. You know, if the doctors are wearing the masks, okay, when they're in these kind of situations, um, you think maybe that's something we should think about? Uh, I'm just saying, okay, there's a reason why they're doing that, all right? So you might want to give that some consideration. Dr. Let's talk, Dr. Boyd, let's talk about um, the flu vaccine. So every year they kind of tweak the cocktail, don't they? All right, so what, what have they done this year? You had some good news that you mentioned off air. Let's give them the good news, and then we'll give them the rest of the news, doctor. So you're right. They do tweak it every year, and they follow what uh, strains of influenza are, are circulating. Um, there's influenza A and influenza B, and actually one of the circulating strains of influenza B that was predominant before COVID we actually aren't seeing that anymore. And so um, they think a lot of the COVID mitigations, the social distancing, the increased air ventilation, the masking, all of that activity actually sort of made that that influenza B strain fade away. So it's kind um, of gone. It's gone as far as they've said. And, and they're taking that into account for um, planning for next year's influenza vaccine. So for this year's influenza vaccine, they have obviously adjusted it. What are they adjusting it for? So influenza A tends to um, change the most. And so that's the ones they really track and sort of adjust. Uh, traditionally, we use the Southern Hemisphere influenza um, cases and typing where they check you know, what the genetic makeup is uh, to kind of predict what we're gonna see in North America and they kind of make that vaccine. And then most, um, there's sort of a couple types of influenza vaccines. Um, quadrivalent influenza vaccine has both of the, the prior circulating B strains in it. Um, and then uh, kind of a trivalent has one of the influenza strains for B in it, in addition to the two most common A. How do you know which one you're gonna get or which one should you ask for a specific one? Yeah, so the um, where you're at and getting your vaccine they would be able to tell you exactly which one you're getting. Okay, so um, determined by geographically. Um, it's actually more just what's on hand, um, right. you know, of what they ordered last year in anticipation of what they needed for this year. So, 
Um, but where you're getting vaccinated, they would be able to tell you which okay. type of vaccine so you're getting. So if you, a lot of people are going to their pharmacy now. In fact, I was in the pharmacy the other day, um, and I was waiting to get a prescription filled, and I had to wait and wait and wait because the pharmacist kept running out to give people their their vaccines. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people are getting them basically at the various pharmacies around the country where they're getting this done. So this is always a question. At what age should parents start thinking about getting their children these vaccines? I've got six grandchildren all under the age of six. So my daughter in Washington was talking to me today, you know, do, do you, dad, do you think the twins who are one and a half years old should get vaccinated? I said, I don't know. I'm going to know on Monday because I'm going to ask the question yeah. <laughs> when the doctors are doing the radio show. So at what age do you recommend that they start getting the vaccines? Well, with the caveat that I'm not a pediatrician. I know, you said that earlier. (laughs) But, um, you know, influenza vaccine um, is really recommended uh, for ages six months and up, so adults and everybody. Um, And then certainly taking into account their personal medical history of checking with their pediatrician um, or their family medicine um, physician to, to be sure with their medical history that that they should be vaccinated, but it starts fairly young. Um, And part of that is just because we know that even though um, early young infants um, may get sicker, we also know that throughout the continuum of life, those grandkids expose uh, grandparents who perhaps are higher risk by their medical conditions and uh, just trying to keep the circulating amount of influenza in the community. So Dr. Stevens, I'm guessing that if you are chronologically challenged, like I am, okay, at age 74, and you have comorbidity issues, the flu becomes a bigger risk for you, and you should probably pay a little more attention. Am I correct in that assumption? Yes, and I think you're taking great care of yourself, so give yourself some she's, credit She's my there. doctor, so <laughs> she can say that, okay? <laughs> All right. But I think that you know, with, with the opportunities for vaccines for these different viruses, you know, I think it's it's important to consider them because if you have underlying, for instance, cardiovascular conditions that you have this infection superimposed on your medical conditions, that can make your own medical condition much, much worse in addition to feeling poorly from the virus you have. And so I think all three are very important to consider. And you know, we're so fortunate to have Sarah and her team at, at, with us because great resource on questions like this. And so I know that we are keeping track and and tracking what our numbers look like in in our Heart Institute, of those that presentations that are associated, although they're coming in with a heart attack, is it because it's in the setting of COVID or influenza? So they are, there is greater risk, obviously, and that's the point. Again, that one of the reasons why we do these kind of shows is specifically to educate you wherever you are, because this is nationally broadcast on all 201 affiliates across the country. Obviously, it's posted up on all 14 podcast platforms and YouTube. And the idea here is to get you ahead of the curve so that you know going into this season what your risks are and what you should be doing, whether you've got infants whether you've got toddlers, whether you've got children that are teenagers, or whether you're a seasoned citizen, as I like to say, um, these are all the issues that we're trying to cover here today with this conversation with doctors in the house. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, coast to coast across the USA. Stay tuned. We've got more. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIA Radio Network. If you have somebody in your family you want to tell about this, maybe you've got a grandparent 
that you know just is not paying attention or, or not doing this and you want to suggest them hey you really need to do this get them to go up on the website listen to one of the podcast platforms or watch the youtube it's up there you've got the opportunity to have two learned doctors discuss these issues and give you clear recommendations uh, maybe it's somebody in your church or somebody in your PTA. That's the purpose of doing these kind of shows. So we're very fortunate to have in studio with us today, Dr. Tracy Stevens and Dr. Sarah Boyd from St. Luke's Healthcare System. And obviously we are talking about all the things we can expect in this winter season as we enter into it with regard to flu, with regard to COVID, and with regard to RSV. So let's start, Dr. Boyd, with RSV. So last year I go up to Washington State to visit my four grandchildren, um, all at that time under the age of five. Um, <clears throat> and um, I come back and I'm pretty sick. And one of the ch- grandchildren had, had given me what turned out to be RSV. I had no idea what this was. I went into urgent care, got diagnosed, and the nurse said, you've got RSV and you're going to be sick for six weeks. And I go, that's a lot of baloney. I'm not going to be sick for six weeks. I was sick for six weeks and I was really sick. So this stuff is pretty... What is it, okay? And it, you know, it knocked me down pretty hard, uh, and I'm in pretty good health, as Dr. Stevens mentioned. First of all, what is it, and why does it have such detrimental effect on people, doctor? So RSV is short for respiratory syncytial virus. So you can understand why we said RSV, (laughs) respiratory syncytial virus. So it's- I'm glad I don't have to say that on the radio, okay? That's why we abbreviated RSV. Um, And so it's it's a respiratory virus. And traditionally um, we've seen it cause kind of large peaks of illness, um, predominantly noticed in children in the sense that um, they'll see pediatric emergency departments and hospitals uh, with high amounts because it can cause respiratory, you know, wheezing, respiratory distress. Um, and and we've learned, we know adults can get it. And I think for a long time, people sort of assumed, hey, this mostly impacts kids in, in a detrimental way. But more and more studies have actually shown that RSV um, does cause illness and, and, you know, people miss work and feel unwell as adults but also the older adults, um, it can have a very similar um, impact for morbidity and mortality, so severity of illness to influenza. So similar, so older adults are more at risk than, so we're kind of, it's kind of the, 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 the younger, like under the age of six or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. and then it switches to those of us that are chronologically challenged. Yes, certainly for, you know, showing up and needing to perhaps go to the emergency department, seek medical care, maybe be hospitalized with it. Okay, so it was pretty miserable. I mean, I I was in bed for at least a week, maybe a little longer. I can't remember. It was not good. And I I literally was fighting it. Obviously, I couldn't do radio because it sounded like something out of a, you know, diesel truck rolling down the road. Um, and, And so it really knocked me down hard. Let's talk about the vaccine. There was no vaccine last year. So now we've got a vaccine. It's out. Um, Let's talk about that vaccine. Is it an mRNA vaccine? What is it and how does it work, doctor? So you're correct. The RSV vaccine is new this year. Um, And it's um, kind of an interesting vaccine in the sense that um, it's they know giving it to pregnant women in their third trimester trimester can actually make those antibodies and protect babies that are 
going to be born in um, in our traditional respiratory kind of RSV seasons. Um, older adults getting that vaccine um, to help prevent hospitalization or severe illness. Um, so it's got a wide uh, range of people that might need uh, to talk to their physician about if, if they need to take that vaccine. But certainly older adults uh, with, with comorbidities or other conditions, um, pregnant women. Um, and then also for RSV new this year is a monoclonal antibody product, which we know a lot of those were used during COVID, COVID um, to use for infants that are at high risk that are too young yet to be vaccinated. And so being kind of born in respiratory season and at risk because of their age. So those very early infants. Is that monoclonal antibody a prescription medication or is it, what is that? Um, so it, it is a prescription. It would need to be um, prescribed by by the pediatricians. Um, but certainly I think all of those things are new developments this year that are approved and certainly would encourage um, moms with, uh, you know, either pregnant in their third trimester or um, babies at risk born uh, to talk to their pediatrician. And then for older adults to know that that can help protect their health with the new vaccine um, and limit their risk of more severe illness. So I want to go back to that, that because this might be a little surprising to people. Women who are pregnant in their third trimester go back through that one more time because that's unusual. So, I, I, you know, oftentimes you hear the opposite. Don't, if you're pregnant, don't get it. We're saying just the opposite here, that if you are pregnant in your third trimester, they should get the RSV vaccine. And the reason is? So we know that vaccines make antibodies, which are what per, are your body, your immune system makes to protect you against um, il illness or infections. Um, and for mothers, those tr uh, antibodies that their body makes provide a protective effect um, when the baby's first born. And so um, by getting the vaccine in that kind of specific window in their third trimester, that gives them time to make antibodies that can then be passed on to their baby and help protect them um, after delivery in that first part um, if they're born kind of in our traditional uh, respiratory season. So, so again, as I said, that's unusual, okay? And, and, but it's, I, I think a lot of people don't know that and I'm certain there's a lot of mothers out there that haven't heard that. So, you know, th that's important information to, to pass on. Dr. Seaman, let's go back to this again, because I keep coming back to you with these questions. Um, how much more are at risk and how much more severe is this for people that have comorbidity issues? Now, I've had pneumonia three times, okay, in my life. And so I'm terrified of getting this kind of stuff mm -hmm. because the, the one place that I feel very vulnerable is when it comes to respiratory illness. How does this impact people that have comorbidity issues, whether it's a heart issue or some other issue, doctor? There's a, a definitely a very convincing correlation with acute infections and bringing out what is already known in that person as a, a medical condition. And one of the most common reasons we get consulted in the hospital for patients who are there for non-cardiac reasons is atrial fibrillation. So it's a abnormal heart rhythm that is one of the leading causes of stroke in our country. And AFib, we abbreviate as, can raise its head 
when the body's under stress, when the heart's under stress. And pneumonia from these viruses is classic. It's one of the most common reasons we get consulted. There's not a day we don't get consulted on the hospital service for this. And in patients who may have a, a pre-existing condition or maybe even not. And so whether it's COVID, RSV, influenza, definitely the, the risk of destabilizing plaque in our arteries, ca causing a significant heart attack, bringing out heart failure, atrial fibrillation, uh, and then in the in not so much those with a pre-existing condition, the healthy population, it's very interesting to see their response if they come in with a diagnosis of RSV, COVID, influenza, it may be pericarditis, myocarditis, pericardial effusion, where their immune system response is so intense to fighting this infection, it creates this inflammatory response that is, can be very challenging to treat. So if you start to show these kinds of symptoms, both of you, um, look, you really need to go to urgent care, go someplace and, and, and be tested to see what's going on. So the under, for instance, if you're presenting, you start, you're start, you're starting to have AFib. You've never had this before. You're also not feeling well. Then you should go get tested and find out what's going on, right? In other words, don't put it off. Is that what you're, would you, you, you're recommending? Correct. Yes. Yeah. It, 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 it's not in your best interest. Oh, this is going to go away. I'll treat it with some NyQuil or something. All, all of these respiratory viruses can present very similarly. And so really the only way you know if it's COVID or if it's influenza is, is to get a test done and to know. So, and before we go to break, and we're coming right up on the break, getting the pneumonia vaccine, which I've had, the pneumonia vaccine, is a smart thing to do, especially if you're in the seasoned citizen category. Yes, pneumonia is vaccine is a little different that it's uh, bacterial protection, but definitely at age 65 or other high risk conditions. Because I know when I go in to get the regular vaccines, I'm always asked, have you had the pneumonia vaccine or do you want to get the pneumonia vaccine? So the, the message out there to all of you that are, you know, seasoned citizens, if you will, over 65 is if you haven't had the pneumonia vaccine, you should get it. And the RSV vaccine is available this year. And a wide range of people should get that vaccine because I will tell you, having had it, it is not a lot of fun. It makes a lot more sense to get the vaccine that's available this year. All right, we'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. Stay tuned. The doctors are here and we've got more. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIA Radio Network. You're hearing this, you know there's somebody that needs to hear it or you need to tell them about it. Go to the podcast platform. It's up there on all 14 of the podcast platforms, America's Healthcare Advocate. Go to YouTube. It's up there. The full video is up there with the doctors here in studio in their lab coats right here telling us all about these topics we're talking about today. COVID, RSV, flu, and more. So that's what we're talking about. And again, you know, the show is being done and broadcast nationally because you need to know, and we're here to inform you so you do know. So let's talk about the COVID booster, okay? So there's a lot of talk about don't get it, get it. If you've got a heart issue, you could be more at risk. We'll get to that in a minute, Dr. Stevens, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I've gotten all four vaccines. I'm going Wednesday to get three more. 
I'm going to get the RSV, I'm going to get the flu, and I'm going to get the COVID booster. Your thoughts on the COVID booster, Dr. Boyd? So this year um, is another bivalent booster. Uh, last year, it had the original strain uh, that was in the original vaccine, and they um, kind of tweaked it to have the circulating variant um, included. They did that again for this year. So this updated uh, COVID vaccine this fall, and that's all the one that's available. So if you go and ask for your COVID vaccine, that's the one you're going to get, um, has um increased protection for our circulating variant now, which at the time the vaccine was made was X, the XBB strain. They're all kind of Omicron right. sub, sub strains. So, um, so that is included. And the idea is to kind of boost uh, that immune response so that you have more protective antibodies as we head into kind of our more traditional respiratory uh, season months. So this has been tweaked Made into a nut, you know. I, I use the word cocktail, so right. it's it's it, it's been it's been advanced. The new cocktails mixed based on because there are there is a new strain. There are this thing keeps changing. Okay, yes. it keeps morphing into different strains. So what this booster does, so that everybody understands this, is the booster is to help you have protection against the newest strains of COVID that are out there. Right. And very similar to how I described how influenza vaccines are sort of developed and, and which one's going to be given for that year. This is very similar that they really focused with uh, the bivalent, the original, but also the protective effect for the more circulating uh, variants. So once again, uh, the, the people at, at risk at the most, at least from what I'm, under, I'm understanding, is those of us that are you know, seasoned citizens, 65 plus, is that still the case? That's definitely a case, but there are a lot of other medical conditions that put you at high risk. So obesity, um, diabetes, um, uh, lung underlying lung disease, COPD or emphysema, asthma, all of those things can also be risk factors. And so that's why it's really recommended um, for all adults uh, to get their updated, updated uh, COVID vaccine uh, for this season. What about children? So for kids as well, um, and certainly talking to to their pediatrician, because I'm not a pediatrician, um, but basically six months and up, it's recommended that everyone get um, be vaccinated or be up to date on their vaccine. Um, okay, so so that that's the important message to take away from this. If you are someone that is 65 years or older, um, obviously you're you have greater risk. You just heard Dr. Boyd say that, and and for children, obviously you're. Children, you know, my grandchildren are little germ factories, okay? That's why I got sick. I've gotten sick three times in a row going to Pasco, Washington, because they're, you know, they pick these things up at school and they bring them home. It's just the way it is. So, Dr. Stevens, before we wrap up here, um, I've seen a lot of nonsense about if you get the booster, you're at risk of heart attack. The, 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 the booster can cause this, the booster can cause that. There's a lot of nonsense, at least that's the way I see it circulating out there. Dispel those rumors, please, and, and talk about, is there any risk from somebody getting the vaccine that is going to cause a reaction if you have a coronary or heart issue, doctor? And I think that's a great point, and especially with during COVID season that we were learning about COVID and the, the vaccines, that there was, you know, a observation or question in young males who received the vaccine 
did they have this intense inflammatory response that created inflammation of the sac around the heart of the heart muscle. We have, I think, so much data that we're combing through from, from COVID, but I, I think that has been reviewed, and I'm not seeing. We're not seeing any reports clinically, uh, at least in in our, in our practice, of problems with the the COVID vaccine, the flu vaccine, the RSV that would bring out a cardiac condition itself. You know, certainly you get the sore arm, and some people feel quite fatigued. But as far as the vaccine itself. I'm not seeing those reports like what maybe we had seen earlier in COVID, and maybe Sarah can help you know, clarify that as well. But I, I do think, to your point, that we focus on kids and then those over 65, but definitely that in-between population, they're the vectors from the kids to the older population. And while they may not have underlying conditions, uh, with these viruses, and especially with the, I'm concerned about the what we're going to see an uptick in COVID, the cardiac response in healthy people, like I said, the inflammation of the sac around the heart, fluid in the sac around the heart, inflammation of the heart muscle that is in healthy people, but a response to the COVID infection that is creating their presentation to the hospital. So obviously, um, as I'm listening to both of you talk, you are both recommending that people get these vaccines and, and, and pay attention to what's going on out there and do the practical things that they can do. Like if you are going to be going in and out or be in large gatherings, maybe if you're traveling over the holidays, you might want to put that mask on on the airplane, Dr. Boyd. So I definitely think we learn things that can protect us. Ventilation's important. Masking um, is another tool, staying up to date on the vaccines. And then certainly if you get sick, getting tested, um, so that you can determine if there's treatment that you need for COVID or for influenza um, and also help prevent spreading it along to the to the next person you're yeah, around. Yeah, you, you know, again, you know, I, as Dr. Stephen just said, you know, the kids bring it home and then everybody in the family gets it. Okay, if they've been vaccinated, then the chances of that happening and spreading are significantly less. Thank you both for taking time. You're very, very busy. I really appreciate you all taking the time to come down here and do this. And I think it's gonna make a difference for a lot of folks this year. Thank you again, Dr. Boyd. Thank you, Dr. Stevens. Thank you. You know, when we do these shows, we do them for a reason. And the reason is to educate and inform. You can go up there on the internet and look at all the nonsense you wanna look at. We just had two very learned doctors in here who are experts in their field talk to you about what you need to do to stay healthy and stay well as we move into the flu, COVID and RSV season. That's what you need to do. These are the folks you need to listen to. Not the nonsense that's out there on the internet. Thank you for listening. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I leave you with this thought from Dr. Martin Luther King. Americans must learn to live together as brothers and sisters, or we will surely perish together as fools. Truer words were never spoken. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Goodbye, America. Goodbye, America.